What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Planet Today. Today is Monday, September 12th, 2022. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here by myself today because we're about to air my interview with Leif Cox of the International Tiger Project. Before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Vala Alta. Vala Alta's Everyday Handkerchief is a high-performance daily-use handkerchief designed to help minimize your impact. Made in the United States from sustainably sourced Irish linen, capturing the material's historic craftsmanship and natural antimicrobial properties, handkerchiefs perfectly balance softness with durability and absorbency with rapid drying. Ideal for functional use in all settings, from the outdoors to routine encounters, their small and lightweight design makes one a must-carry for wherever life takes you. Build your own bundles from limited edition colors at valaalta.co and save 15% with code TPT at checkout. That's V-A-L-A-A-L-T-A dot co and code TPT. Here on the planet today, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy with two episodes every week coming your way Monday and Friday. And with that, we're going to get right into the interview. Today on the planet today, we are joined by Leif Cox. Leif is the founder of the International Tiger Project, which was established in 1998 as part of the Orangutan Project. Saving orangutans was found to save other critically endangered species, including Sumatran tigers. Today, there are only 400 Sumatran tigers existing in the wild, a number that continues to shrink. Additionally, the Sumatran tigers rainforest is disappearing at a rapid rate. The International Tiger Project aims to ensure the survival of the Sumatran tigers in their natural habitat by undertaking genuine, measurable, and effective tiger conservation. Leif Cox, welcome to the planet today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is both a, a pleasure to have you on and an, an honor to have some of your time today. So I think this is actually great timing. I was reading earlier that the IUCN reported the overall wild tiger numbers are up 40% since 2010. So that's some good news for tigers, but I know we're here to focus on Sumatran tigers, which fortunately those numbers are still declining like we talked about. But yeah, overall tiger numbers up up big time in the last 10 years. So that's that's some good news to start this one off. Yeah, so what we do know about tigers is if you protect the habitat and stop their persecution by poaching, they will rebound fairly quickly because they're a relatively fast reproducing species. Um, that's a good news. The bad news for the most critically endangered of the subspecies is Sumatra tiger, the smallest extant tiger that remains on the planet today that those drivers of habitat loss and poaching um, still continue at a, a great rate. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to take a step back um, before we start talking about tigers. And I want to talk to you about what first got you interested in environmentalism and sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, I was working with um, you know 15 orangutans and discovered that they're self-aware persons that didn't belong in captivity and I quickly discovered that they were being driven to extinction uh, in a while. And, you know, and since that time, you know, we've known over 100,000 have been murdered in Borneo alone and, you know, and large figures 
like that on the island of Sumatra. So it, it's been really, you know, you can term it as, as a genocide of a non-human person species. Um, so that, that kind of set me on the journey. But with conservation, with anything, um, it has to be holistic and your compassion and love for all living beings has to be holistic to make a significant difference. And so we um, started the orangutan project as the umbrella species to not only save the orangutans, their habitat, help the indigenous communities and save all the other biodiversity and megafauna, including the Sumatran tiger. However, unfortunately, we discovered fairly quickly that the Sumatran tiger and the Sumatran elephant were falling outside the umbrella of orangutan conservation and required very specific in additional actions in order to secure their survival. It's interesting. You know, I, I used to work for the Wildlife Conservation Society at the Bronx Zoo for, um, I interned there for two summers. And one of the things that we focused on at WCS was charismatic megafauna, as the term. And for listeners who aren't aware, it's those big species that you think of your whales, your mm -hmm. rays, your sharks, your elephants, your tigers, because those are the things that get most people fired up. But in doing that, you need to protect their habitat. You need to protect the absolute bottom of their food chain as well, because it's like we've said, this holistic approach to conservation as a whole. It, 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 well, it, exactly. There's a couple you know, take home messages in there. You, you cannot conserve megafauna in zoos. It's just simply not possible. Um, but mm -hmm. despite the rhetoric of living arcs, it may be difficult to, to, for them to be conserved in the wild, but it's impossible for saving captivity because all captive zoo populations megafauna unsustainable and will collapse. And then so that so we have to save them in the wild before it's too late. But there's these, these feedback loops. You know, one of the major drive, drivers of climate change is the destruction of the rainforest. And, he, and, and, and although the preservation and restoration of rainforest um, is likely to contribute to about 30% of what we need to do to mitigate climate change, we're only getting, you know, as I say, 3% of, of, of the funding. So it's, it's very under-recognised and it's low-hanging fruit. And, and so there's always win-win situations, um, you know, to save this, the Sumatran tiger because it helps us. But what we're seeing more and more with, let's say, climate change, are these feedback loops. So, for example, mm -hmm. you need a certain amount of rainforest to support rainforest. And climate change is actually affecting rainforest viability in itself. And so, you know, without holistically saving entire ecosystems and trying to rewild the planet there will you can conserve populations of tigers you know if, if it was possible in captivity or if not possible in you know fragmented um, bits of rainforest but the feedback loops will, mm -hmm. will eventually mean they will go extinct as well as we we um, spiral this planet to its you know if i guess a fiery end uh, if we don't get our act together yeah. And, you know, that's something that I feel like we end up talking about every single episode on this show is hopefully our leaders do start to get their act together. Um, but I, I'd like to talk a little bit more. Let's get into the nitty gritty of the Sumatran tiger. So what role do palm oil plantations play in habitat loss for Sumatran tigers? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the major driver is greed um, for short term gain. And so the yeah. rainforest we know is actually more valuable intact um, than it is destroyed. Um, but, um, you know, crony capitalism basically sets up that you can make a lot of money, but um, 
by passing the true cost of production onto the powerless, indigenous communities, future generations, mm -hmm. wildlife, uh, and future e economic um, viability of the country itself. And, and so this crony capitalism means, you know, the forests are destroyed for the value of the trees, and then is replaced with whatever unsustainable monoculture gives the quickest, fastest profit. Now, all monocultures by the very nature are unsustainable. So the idea of sustainable palm oil mm -hmm. is just doesn't make sense. It's just like not understanding science or nature in itself. And so palm oil is certainly one of the choices um, that they use as a, you know, a, a way of getting quick money by destroying the environment and displacing indigenous communities and, and future generations. Um, however, it's not the only one. And, and therefore I always encourage people don't go off on a palm oil campaign because um, if you, you know, it, it's not going to save one tree because there's still many other viable unsustainable monocultures that the people destroying the trees for their value can then use that money to plant. Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating when you talk about sustainable growth and for the longest time, I mean, as, as long as I can remember with, with studying really any sort of conservation issue, we have just developed and developed and developed to a point where it is completely unsustainable. And now you have all of these groups that are doing really, really good work, but they're behind the eight ball mm -hmm. where we have these systems in place. And, you know, we talked about palm oil, but there's plenty of crops, like you had mentioned, that are unsustainably harvested in the rainforest for a quick dollar, completely ignoring those ecosystem services that an intact rainforest provides. What are we gonna do in 10, 15, 20 years when we need an intact rainforest and we could have done a better job of protecting it if, like we said before, our leaders got their act together when this whole issue was first brought up 30 years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you, you're right. I mean, there's two issues. Is One is, you know, we, we need to change the way we um, relate to the environment. You know, there is no, there's no economic growth on a dead planet <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to put, you know, and so we need to um, change the way we do it. We, we need to um, not allow businesses to pass the true cost of production in the palace. Nothing wrong with businesses making money, you know, and, and providing goods and services um, to people, you know, um, that they want. Um, but mm -hmm. my objection is not to pass the true cost of production onto others, um, which is simply what is happening now. The second big problem is, yeah. um, you know, as... Um, you know, conservationists, uh, as an example, we're, we're, we're fairly useless at, 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 in a sense defining the issue, you know, and then so we often are um, often wasting our efforts. Um, yeah, because, you know, we, we do, we're not fully understanding all the issues and the drivers and, and everything around it before undertaking and investing ourselves in a particular um, action. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and of course, the last thing, of course, is, you know, um, when we try to reform the world without reforming ourselves, then you often find, you know, conservationists probably spend more time competing against each other for name, fame, money, reputation yeah. than getting on with, you know, in, in um, saving the rainforest. So so we, we have a lot of um, inherent issues concerned with our humanity and our flaws as, as a species and how we think and how we act, that we need to kind of overcome in the short period of time to, to make meaningful change. Yeah, absolutely. 
So my next question for you is about snare traps, which are another issue for Sumatran tigers. So what kind of damage are those traps doing for the Sumatran tiger? And, and what are those traps used for? Mm -hmm. Well, there's really two, two, two kinds of, of traps. There's, there's one in the indigenous community will use it and, and, you know, uh, and the local communities. And by and large, they're after the pigs, you know, um, you know and so it's a way of, you know, um, um, hunting, hunting pigs, and then tigers are a, a byproduct of that. You know, the, the traps and snares are indis indiscriminate. This, the second group are criminal syndicates, and these are the same people that who do the illegal um, wildlife trade are, uh, are drugs and guns. So they're just the same mm -hmm. people because they use the same um, routes and the same um, people to to move the goods, and they come in specifically to an area. Um, to um, to uh, hunt for tigers for the illegal Chinese medicine trade. So th those are the, the kind of the, the, the two um, elements to it. And they, and they obviously require two different responses um, yeah, uh, in order to um, reduce the number of snares um, and, and ensure that the, um, the tiger population can, can rebound. So what exactly are... Um... Are the snares doing to the tiger population as it stands right now? Mm -hmm. Well, they're, yeah, they're really, um, I guess, stopping them from rebounding in numbers. That that's how I would would put it. So we got a, we you know we've got several issues working in play. The habitat's been destroyed. Less habitat, less tigers can be sported in the habitat. The the mm -hmm. the, the second element of it is um, when when the tiger when they they produce surplus tigers as any population do the males in particular try to leave the, that area to find new better territories mates and they become your conflict tigers which go into villages and you know, eating people's cows and causing all sorts of stuff so they need to be trapped and relocated um, into habitat which is suitable for them and you know and, and according to the genetics and everything and and thirdly yeah we need to um reduce the number of snares and and so the um the loss of tigers is, is um, not greater than the tiger's ability to reproduce got it so when we're talking about all these threats to tigers it seems like the the three that everyone focuses on are climate change habitat loss and poaching so which of these challenges do you see as if you had to pick one the number one threat to tigers today and what are some solutions that we might not have mentioned yet to combating that challenge yeah i mean the big picture answer which is not very satisfactory you have to do all <laughs> because of yeah. all, all integrated <laughs> conservation is it's a bit like um you know somebody say key to conservation and education key is community awareness key is ranges mm -hmm. key is you know um, habitat, whatever it is, and of course they're all wrong. It's like going to your doctor and giving you the same prescription and, and same dosage for every time. You know, it, you realize yeah. it's quite. You got to look at every situation, diagnose disease, and there'll be a multifaceted approach to account it. So that's the really unsatisfactory answer. But to you know, to, but to be fair, you know, ultimately, you know, with conservation, you know, a bit like in real estate, they say there's, there's three priorities in real estate location 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 so you know and yeah. of course there's other things involved in 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 real estate but you know we would say in conservation is habitat 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 because we haven't got that you know everything else is 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 you know is um 
it's far more easier, I guess, to to um, try to mitigate. Yeah, and to your point, you know, the habitat loss is a major issue in the short term, while also climate change is contributing to habitat loss in the long term. Right. So. It's like it, it's very much a, a big jigsaw puzzle of conservation where all of those pieces need to be solved for. And, you know, like we said, it's hard to just pick one. It, it, exactly. Which is really dreadful for communication because we as humans like simplistic answers. Um, yeah. So really bad for fundraising, really bad for communication. Um, but, you know, complex solutions, you know, um, to complex problems is what we need as you know i say is you know for every complex problem in the world there's a simple solution which is absolutely wrong <laughs> so so so, we, <laughs> so we, unfortunately that's the nature of of the world but it's in conflict what appeals to our minds yeah so your team let me know that saving the rainforest is the single most cost effective way to save the planet and to save the sumatran tigers so can you talk to me and the listeners a little bit more about that yeah. What we do know is obviously one of the major drivers of climate change is loss of forests and particularly rainforests, which is that you know the carbon stores of our planet. Not only, but not only that is, it's gone too far already. If we just save what we got, the planet's still going to be screwed. We have to actually save what we've got and rewild about thirty percent of the planet to stabilize the globe. So, at the very least, you know, in the next ten years, we have to. Um, conserve viable ecosystems, right type, shape and size of rainforest that will be sustainable, that we can, they can use as a biological resource for future generations to start rewilding the planet and, and stabilize. Um, I think so, so, so that's how that kind of very intimate um, connection. Unfortunately, we're getting these feedback loops, for example, um, rising sea level may inundate a lot of the coastal peat swamps. And then destroy the rainforest, mm -hmm. you know, and and so we're in a race against time, you know, in a sense to save what we can, start rewilding a planet before the feedback loops come back and destroy. And we also we're already seeing this in Amazon where the Amazon is starting to become a net emitter of carbon, and you know, and some mm -hmm. climate models are saying, well, it, it's fairly fairly soon it can't sustain itself and it will turn into a savanna rather than a rainforest, because you know you 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 need that kind of um, mass area in order for it to become self-sustainable so what i say is we're living in the most critical 10 years in the whole human history and so you know um, despite all these challenges and problems um you know we, we should do this now but as i mentioned earlier although you know 30 percent of what we need to do to save the planet by mitigating climate change is involved with you know saving the rainforest we're only getting mm -hmm. one tenth of the, the money that the other um, the other causes are getting, and often that then misspent, you know. Um, and, and so we really need to reprioritize saving our, our natural ecosystems, um, you know, where the you know things you know much more than you know what we're normally sold to is like you know let's change our light bulbs and do all this sort of stuff, you know, where you know you know where you know our carbon footprints as an example, you know, which was invented by British Petroleum to, yeah. to put, put their onus on us and basically make us fairly inactive and useless one about, you know, um, virtual signaling about how carbon neutral we are as persons while mm -hmm. we, 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 we don't collectivize, you know, in time and, and make the changes we need while 
they profit at the destruction of our own planet. Yeah, it's it's something that's very frustrating for me because we we talk about carbon footprints on the show sometimes, and we, we always say, you know, it's good to reduce your personal one, and we don't want to detract people from feeling like their own choices aren't making a difference. But at the same time, you have all of these big oil companies and other companies that are deforesting really critical areas that they're basically trying to say, hey, you yeah. need to stop using straws. Like, yeah, we should stop using plastic straws and contribute less to ocean pollution. But also the system needs changing. Uh, look, I'd be a bit harsh. I'll say, yes, we have to do this thing for personal protection. I'm now here, sitting here with solar power and the battery and my electric bicycle is you know, just over there. <laughs> so so mm-hmm. I do all the stuff that I say is pretty much a, a, a waste of time. At just a, just a level of personal integrity, you know, in, 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 in that sense. But I do have to say yeah. is, you know, um, we can't make a difference as individuals. No human being has made a difference as an individual ever, you know, regardless of hero worship of any particular individual. We only make meaningful difference ever by collectivizing together. And that's our only yeah. thing that we can do as individuals is collectivize either our capital through donations or our time resources, you know, um, and activities with others. Um, and therefore, then we can make difference. In the court, you know, um, us talking like this to an audience is part of that collectivization, which gives us the power that, that we don't actually have as individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two ways to look at it, right? There's the way that you and I are taking the approach of no one person can make this difference on their own. But we as a whole, we as a society, if we all make these choices collectively, we can do this. There's also going to be people who say, no one can make a difference. So why should I, why should I try? And those are the people that, you know, if you're listening right now, those are the people that we need to reach out to and get them on board because like Leaf was just saying, collective action is really, really powerful. Yeah, and, and, and but the wonderful thing about it, um, okay, we've got the big picture goal of saving the planet and saving this mountain tiger with species, saving the rainforest, that sort of stuff. And, you know, because we've got our backs against the wall, you know, you can naturally say, well, it's all screwed, let's not worry about it. Um, but mm-hmm. we're not there yet. <laughs> we, we, we've got some time. So there, there is a possibility. But on each step of the way, even if we don't get there, all good is worthwhile. Yeah. Every animal we save, every community forest we save, every bit of climate mitigation that we do, everything counts and everything makes a difference to more and more people. So there is no downside to goodness, no downside to good action. It may not be that the ultimate, you know, you might say, oh, the ultimate goal is too hard or too you know, far away for us to conceive. But but each step of the way is, 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 is worthwhile, not only for the goodness we give to others, but a life of selfless service to others is a life of beauty and harmony, you know, and, and peace. So there's this win-win situation all along. So um, to, to save a particular tiger or save a population of tigers, even though it's not unsustainable, that particular population is a worthwhile lifetime cause, which enriches our lives. We've got greater ambitions yeah. than, than that. But so we should never feel that our efforts are, are wasted. Um, all, all good and love um, has, has you know, great meaning at every level. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. So one more question for you. Why is immediate action needed to save the Sumatran tiger as a species? 
Well, it, you know, by the International Union of Nature Conservation, it's critically endangered, you know, and, um, you know, and there is no sustainable population of, of mountain tigers left. So if you just left them in their small pockets of forest, even if you stop all the poaching, they will go extinct because each population, fragmented population, is unsustainable in, in, in its number. So our best case scenario is still is to try to protect these small pockets of populations and then translocate the male tigers that leave the area and become conflict tigers between the populations to maintain them genetically. So that's our best case scenario. You know, the idea of having a sustainable population of tigers in our lifetime is, is, is out the window now. And so we can't just drop the ball on this, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And what we're, we're often seeing is, you know, these apex predators are very important for the biological integrity of these rainforests. And the, um, and the ability for the rainforest to be biodiverse is also directly linked to its ability to store carbon, more biodiverse environment, more carbon that stores. So there's all mm -hmm. good reasons from the macro to micro um, to pull this critically endangered um, subspecies of tiger from extinction. Got it. All right. We end all of our interviews with three fun rapid fire questions. You ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Number one, what is your favorite animal? Um, the orangutan. Got it. Number two, what is something that you do to be more sustainable in your own life? Um, I, solar panels and, and, and battery to make sure I'm off that coal fire grid. <laughs> awesome. And last one, what is one environmental topic you think my listeners should be more aware of after hearing from you today? Um, that, yeah, saving the rainforest is the low-hanging fruit um, for us to get maximum impact um, for conservation and um, climate change work. Got it. Leaf, thank you so much. This was awesome. I really, really enjoyed getting to know you and, and your time today. So thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. If people want to keep up with you, the International Tiger Project or the other organizations that we touched on, so the Orangutan Project and the International Elephant Project, where is the best place for them to do that? Um, you can um, come to our, our website or look at our social media. So it, it's tiger.org.au. And yeah, and we'd love for you to join up, get our newsletter, um, become a regular giver. Um, I also do echo tours, taking people in the jungles to, to see the genuine change our donations are making um, in, in the rainforest and, of course, connecting us back to, to nature, which is um, in itself a wonderful experience. That sounds awesome. We will link your website and your social medias in the show notes. So if you're listening, go check it out. And uh, yeah, definitely look into either donating monthly or the ecotourism trips. All right, that will do it for today's episode of TPT. Thank you again to Leaf for his time on this one. Make sure to hit the links in your show notes to learn more about the International Tiger Project and all the other cool things that Leaf's working on. Nick and I will be back on Friday for some quick hits to get you into your weekend. But until then, make sure to follow along on our socials at Planet Today Pod for clips from the show. For the Planet Today, I'm Matt Norton. See you on Friday.